Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to Book Cheat, the book club podcast where I've read the book so you don't have to. My name is Dave Warnicke and on each episode of this show we look at one of the classics and joining me to look at such a classic this week, it's Jackson Bailey and Cass Page. Hello! Here we are, we did it. We did it. We did it. There's been some technical difficulties here but we've soldiered through, we deleted a bunch of unneeded shit. (laughs) Yeah. We... Cut the fat. We yeah. chaffed that. We that's true. We've done it. Jettisoned right. the admiral. <laughs> <laughs> Let's drive this boat. Get the admiral off the boat. What's he doing? Dead. Wait. <laughs> One of his legs is a tree. Yeah, we don't true. need that. Unnecessary. Unnecessary. Yeah. Imagine looking around. And they're like, oh god, we're about sixty to seventy-five kilos overweight, and everyone's looking at the admiral like, all right. Well, <laughs> the bird on his shoulder turns. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for, for joining me back. Uh, with the book chook, mm-hmm. the book chooks. Mm-hmm. Great mm-hmm. to be here. Uh, we're going to get to a classic that I've read this week. But if any of you been reading anything lately, Jackson, you've always got something that's uh, sitting uh, on your bedside table. Yes. Some sort what, of- I, what have I read? I actually, I started No Country for Old Men literally this morning. Oh, great! Yeah. Um, because I read Blood Meridian recently, which is another Cormac McCarthy book, and I was like, wow, this book is crazy, <laughs> uh, but really good. So I got to read more of that. So uh, yeah, I've read. Uh, yeah, uh, No Country for Old Men, which I've just started. Great. But it's weird because obviously there's the famous Coen Brothers movie of the book. Yes, mm-hmm. which have you seen this? Yes. And now are you imagine It's wrecked the book for me a little bit. Yeah, I don't like that. I, I don't like when that happens. You see the movie first and now... Yeah. And apparently as well, the movie is super faithful to the point where like the dialogue characters are saying in the movie is the dialogue in the book. So it's not even like, oh, it's like a different take on the book. Yeah. It is the book. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I mean, look, I've only just started. Hopefully it'll it'll stray away from the movie at some point. Yeah. Do they explain... So if it's that faithful, do they explain how his hair's so nice the whole time? He's, like, it is gl- Interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. I've never had hair that nice in my life. Anton Chigurh, yeah, what's his routine? <laughs> it's because it's spectacular. No, he's not. He's only been very briefly in the book so far. But if it comes up, I'll let you know. Thank you. If they, they go through his hair care routine. Because he's like always like in motels. It's not like he has like a home, you know, base where he's got all of his potions and lotions or whatever to <laughs> no, sort his hair out. I feel like as you're watching the movie, you can see the dedication to his particular cause. Yes. He doesn't have time for anything else. Like the way that the movie like comes across, you're like, wow, he has one sole focus. And yeah. I'm like, that makes it weirder. <laughs> How is the hair so nice? Because he's sleeping in a bed, waking up and going out. Yeah. There's no, we don't see any point where he spends like an hour in the shower or something. <laughs> no, he doesn't even have flyaways and the climate's pretty dry. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's in the, he's like near the Mexican border. Yeah. I think, I think, I think you read that like when he had the hair, the Coen brothers were like, 
perfect. And he was like, damn you. I'm not going to be able to get laid for like three months doing this. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you know what? That probably would have helped him because you see him in real life and his hair's different. You're like, oh, different man. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Even if he does a similar facial expression, you're, you're like, like oh, no, 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 guy, that's that's guy. not the man with the <laughs> improvised weapons. Um, he couldn't MacGyver his way into my desk. Yeah, that's he's fine. not killing people with a cow killing yeah. stun gun or whatever it is. That's a good way to kill cows. We've, we've you know, it works. <laughs> It's quick. It's painless. I get it. Is it painless? <laughs> well, I don't know if it's painless, but it's quick. Right? Is it quick? Is it quick? <laughs> it's neither of the two, but it's perfect. <laughs> I was like, well, it gets, I mean, obviously, like, you know, if we didn't, but it kills the cow quickly and painlessly, but I'm finding out maybe no. Maybe it kills the cow slowly and painfully. <laughs> so it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess I don't know how that stun gun works. Well, maybe they'll talk about it in the book. Yeah, then I'll find out. Then I'll find out. Yeah, yeah. Cassie, been reading anything? Um, I've been reading The Psychopath Test by Mark Ronson. Oh, great. I've read that. Awesome. Yeah. It, great so far. (laughs) I was, I was in a play that was based on the pop, like the, um, rumor, you know, that riddle about the psychopath test? I don't. It's like, um, a woman... It goes to her mother's funeral and... Oh, yeah. Have you heard this one? Maybe. Maybe. Vaguely. A woman goes to her mother's funeral and meets a man that she's never met before and they hit it off and then... um, um, She leaves the funeral and they don't see each other again. Two weeks later, her dad dies. What happens? Say it again. (laughs) (laughs) A woman woman goes to her mother's funeral. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And... Maybe I'm saying wrong. A woman goes to her mother's funeral and meets a boy there yeah. who she quite fancies. They hit it off. Um, the funeral ends. They both go home. She didn't get his name or anything. Yeah. Um, and then a few weeks later, her dad dies or a sister. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. Another member of her family dies. What happened? Is the idea that she killed her dad so that she could meet the boy again? Yeah. 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 Okay. Right. Or oh, <laughs> they get together. I don't know, maybe he's just like a funeral crusher, you know, wedding crusher. Yeah. yeah. And it's just coincidence, but she is now looking forward to the fact that her, her dad is there. She's <laughs> yeah. like, oh my God, maybe that guy I'll will meet be that there. Guy. Yeah, I might have butchered it, but the, there's like a, it's this pop psychopath test where it's like only really psychopaths will like, think of that. Yeah. And oh. straight away. Jackson. Uh-oh. 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 <laughs> I was thinking the, the best of people. I was thinking that people were crashing funerals. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. But, but it's mean, funny because you answer it because you know it's the psychopath test. You're like, well, let me think like a psychopath. And then they're like, brother, you're a psychopath. Mm. Uh-oh. Yeah. I wonder if I was meant to bury the lead more. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I wonder if there's a, a version of it where it's more subtle. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's interesting, like, um, what if it turned out to be, like, your dad's work friend who never That knew? was the thing that yeah, always yeah. got me. I'm like, but she doesn't. Like, I just, from context, if she fancies him, I'm guessing she knows they're not related. Yeah. And I'm like... How, yeah. how are you going to guarantee? Is it both parents' funerals, but you've never met this guy before? That's right. yeah. And if he is, then you, you are thinking maybe they are related. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah I guess if you're a psychopath, is that okay? I don't know. <laughs> it's like one family member dies and then she kills another one. I think maybe she kills her sister. Okay. But it's like if you think that he will show up, he showed up to one family member's funeral and then he's also going to show up to the yeah. other family members. I'm like, he's clearly close to the family. Why didn't you meet him? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Who is this guy? Yeah, wow. He's more yeah, suspicious than the psychopath. Yeah, or maybe he works at the funeral home or something. Then go to the funeral cool. home. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I guess that's why it's, it's a psychopath <laughs> test. I keep thinking about you crashing a funeral and what's easier to do, crash a wedding or a funeral. A I funeral. feel like a funeral, yeah, because no one's paying attention. Everybody's sad. Do, do you know what? We, um, we organized a funeral recently and we were going through the process of like planning 
you know, like do you have the wake at the church or no, like yeah. or the venue, not like a church or whatever, like where do you put it and stuff? Hmm. And the people at the funeral home were like, hey, um, if you're not going to have uh, refreshments at the funeral home, we yeah. recommend announcing that at the top of the funeral because some people come to the funeral just for the food. Oh, my and God. And they don't know what? you. So, no. So they were like, announce it at the top because sometimes – people will just leave and they won't stay for the service. <laughs> what the hell? This is bullshit. <laughs> we came here for a volleyball. And we were just like, oh, God. And they're like, so anyway, do you want to announce this in the paper? And then we were like, uh. Maybe not. That is Not wild. really. No. Funeral, <laughs> Absolutely not. Funeral food as well is like not, I mean, what, it's like sandwiches. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's not great. Cheap cordial and coffee. Like what? Yeah. Fun- like I feel like if you're doing a big event like party food, wedding mm. food, you're sort of like, oh, like what's the experience yeah. people are going to have? This one, you're like, okay, people aren't going to know what to do with any part of their human body. Yeah. So they're going to need to eat. Let's fill them with tea and yeah. then we'll give them. And the people will be like, we do sandwiches. You're like, done. Great. Yeah. But then I guess that if you are hanging around a funeral, you go through those two hours. I mean, let them have a sandwich. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, They've put that work in, yeah. you know. Yeah. That's a hard-earned sandwich. I mean, I'd be stuck. You look around and, like, my funeral looks, I look twice as popular yeah, as that's I actually true. was. I don't care if it's vultures. <laughs> <laughs> sandwich vultures. Yeah, Let them have that, you know. Oh. And they're going to enjoy it. The, my morning family, they're eating mechanically. They're not thinking about yeah, exactly. it. Exactly. This guy's like, this cheese and ham sandwich. Mmm. <laughs> yeah. That's what I want in my wake. Maybe that's a new psychopath <laughs> test. Like, <laughs> a man shows up to a funeral and a man is never met. He starts killing everyone in town. <laughs> he's, he's, the real truth is he's realised how delicious the funeral home sandwiches yeah. are. <laughs> well, I have read a book and uh, it does have a bit of a messed up family at oh, its core okay. today. I'm holding it David Letterman style in front of you. <laughs> you are, it's great. <laughs> Available in all good bookstores. <laughs> today I am going to tell you all about Gabrielle Garcia Marquez's 100 Years of Solitude. Here it is. Um, do you guys know much about this book? I I've never read it, but uh, I know some things about it. I know that th- I, this might not be true. <laughs> Great beginning to a sentence. Yes. I because the the author it has became very famous for like Mexican magic realism. Is that correct? Uh, sort of well, Latin American Latin realism. American yeah, magic yeah. realism, sure. But then that a lot of other Latin American author that became kind of an expected genre, and they got really pissed off. And it, it apparently again this might I don't remember where I read this or whatever, but a bunch of people pivoted in the other direction to write really straightforward realistic novels as a kind of resistance to like like magic realism becoming the known genre for like that <laughs> yeah. kind of group of authors or like, whatever. Oh, you're from this part of the world. You must write this. Yeah, and, and they're like, like, no, I I'm not writing about anything. It's just straightforward, no-nonsense narratives. So that's something that I, I've heard about, specifically the author. I don't know about the book necessarily. Yeah. That's so annoying for people to latch on to. Like, oh, this is a cool new genre. <gasps> and you're from Latin America? <laughs> wow. You should do it now. You, you write a story. Come on. That's what you people are good at. What? <laughs> that's horrendous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, that. And I know that it's a huge, very complicated, weird, but... Very famous, very popular book. Yes, yeah. it is. It is long and complicated, as we'll find out together here today. Hey. That's so exciting. I know nothing about this book. Are we going to go through year by year? Uh, it's not. It's more meandering than year by year okay. in a way. Is it about 100 years of time? But it is 100 <laughs> years of time, yes. All right. Ah. It's not like the... Uh, the uh, Hundred Years' War, but yeah. really it was 116 years, and they were like, whatever, round it down. <laughs> we get the century here, and that's good enough for them. Uh, uh, now, people suggest these books, and you can do so 
at home if you want to suggest a book or a play or whatever you can click the link in the description of this episode and these people did that and thank you very much to the suggestors of 100 years of solitude for people from all around the world so it is very 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 famous from uh, madrid in spain thank you to victor gemeno de manuel kelly from perth tim b buffalo from new york Timby Buffalo. Timby Buffalo. <laughs> I could not agree more. <laughs> Augusto Barantes from Costa Rica. James Ewan from London. Leon from right here in Melbourne. Matt from Mexico City. Santeri Raikkonen from Finland. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, awesome. It's quite a great name. And Chika Singh from San Francisco. Peter Williams from Johannesburg in South Africa. Scott Taylor from Los Angeles. Matuz. Uh, in brackets, just M-A-T from Leighton Buzzard in England. Incredible. Adam from London. And finally, Jack from Portland, Oregon. Thank you so much to all those people. That's a lot of names. Yeah. A lot of great names. Yes, some incredible. Love yeah. This is a popular book. Yeah. It really is. Well, let me tell you a little bit about it and the author. So 100 Years of Solitude is a 1967 novel by Colombian author Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Originally written in Spanish under the title Cien Años de Soledad. 100 Years of Solitude has been translated into 46 languages and sold more than 50 million copies. Isn't that wild? That's huge. The novel, considered Garcia Marquez's magnum opus, remains widely acclaimed and is recognised as one of the most significant works both in the Hispanic literary canon and in world literature. It's been an incredibly influential work, written, as you said, in the magical realism style. Mm which if people aren't familiar is a style of fiction that paints a realistic view of the world while also adding magical elements, often blurring the lines between fantasy and reality. It's fun. I that's, like magic realism. That's a really fun genre. Yeah. It really spices things up. Yeah. It's good. But it's, it doesn't blow its load, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's yeah. Not a, and you're not like thinking, oh, I guess this is going to have, you know. Yeah. There's not all the possibilities. There's just no. a few. You might have yeah. one wizard. Not yeah. wizards, yeah. <laughs> but there is one wizard. I think know? that's nicer because it reading stories where it's like you are the chosen one, mm. I feel like so much fantasy comes with pressure. Yeah, that's true. I want to be a little bit bored. <laughs> <laughs> I want to I want to be like, "Oh, man, I'm I'm my knees playing up." Should we see the witch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. That's be like, yeah. "Oh, no, we'll have to invite her over to dinner." Like she's she 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 really blows that boundary. We can't do that again. But it is so, like I want. Yeah, I want absolute that. mundanity. And there's a <laughs> yeah. witch. Yeah. yeah, a little bit of everyday stress around your witch experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not chosen. I yeah. don't have to do anything. <laughs> so Gabriel Garcia Marquez popularized this style as well as Latin American writing in general. He's arguably the most famous exponent of the 20th century Latin American literature movement, which boomed in the second half of the 20th century. And like you said. People started being like, I guess you guys all write this stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is what you're known for, I suppose. <laughs> well, there certainly were a lot of uh, people from that part of the world doing magical realism, which is now spread to all, all around. But particularly this time period, it was very, very big. Uh, nicknamed Garbo, Marquez won the 1982 Nobel Garbo, Prize. That's awesome. Yeah. That's it's G-A-B-O. Awesome. It's one B away from Gabo from The Simpsons, yeah. which is so funny. <laughs> so funny to me. Uh, was, did you win it for this book? Well, usually they say they they point to a few things as to why. Oh, yeah. But yeah. I think this is de- this was definitely named because it was um, before he wrote his second most famous book, uh, "Love in the Time of Cholera," which came after that. Oh, same guy. Same guy. Yeah, a few yeah. later. Yeah. Also in the eighties. 
So yeah, 82 won the Nobel Prize. He died in 2014 at the age of 87, at which time the president of Colombia, Juan Manuel Santos, called Marquez the greatest Colombian who ever lived. That's so fun. Cop that Shakira. (laughs) I reckon you could have said that while he was alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's true. I feel like that's too much pressure. Talk about pressure. You're the greatest Colombian who ever lived. Yeah, wow. I guess it's not who will ever live. So far. No. So far. So There's far. a quiet so far at the end of that. Amazing if he was like in his 70s, they're like, you're the greatest Colombian to ever live. And like, maybe then the president like saw one of Shakira's newer videos and he was like, whoa, Shakira. <laughs> Hang on a second. But while he's still alive. <laughs> you have lost the title. <laughs> he's got to hand over the key or like the wrestling style belt to Shakira. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, very influential, very famous. Uh, His most famous work is this one, The Enduring 100 Years of Solitude. The idea came to him in 1962 when he was living in Barcelona. He and his family were one day on a holiday to Acapulco. Day one of the holiday, he turned the car around when the idea came to him to go home and write, which must have been so annoying for these kids. (laughs) Oh, God. He wasn't the young one in this situation. He was the adult. He's the dad. He's there with his wife, his two kids, and he's like, I've been thinking about a generational story for a yeah. long time. The idea suddenly came to him and he turned. I'm it. going. Yeah. He, why couldn't he just be like, honey, you take the kids. I'll go home. Why do you, he made it everyone's problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he, then he wrote, he wrote every day for 18 months. Whilst his beloved wife, Mercedes sold their household items to pay bills. Oh. They sold Whoa. their radio jewelry their fridge oh my god their car how are they keeping food costs <laughs> how long did it take him to write this book so it was 18 months and yes. they were making no money at the time and they weren't very well off wow. to begin with by the time he'd finished the manuscript he didn't have enough money for the postage to send it to his publisher oh, oh my god so he had, they had to again visit the pawn shop and then he, he sent it in two packages that's he's cr- like, all right, there's the first half. I, I can afford that and I'll send you the rest. You've got to be confident you're writing a good Jeez. book. Man, you. Oh. Isn't that absolutely wild? Really risking it all, but it totally paid off for him. And then I imagine the kids went on much better holidays. Yeah, than that. I was going to say, like, you, your dad's driving you somewhere and then all of a sudden it's like, wait, I have an idea. And you turn around and drive immediately into destitution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got an idea. I'm going to ruin this family. <laughs> What's your story about? It's like, oh, it's it's about, I'm guessing, being alone for 100 years <laughs> and ruining many layers of family. He's like, I don't know where it came from, but I'm inspired. <laughs> so funny as well, like, give me a piece, like anything about your novel. He's like, everybody's got the same name. And you're like, oh, we're just we're screwed. <laughs> yeah. Everybody has one of two names in this story. Are you sure, babe? Oh no! Like month three, you're like, okay, so how are you coming mm. on those names? It's like, oh no, I think it's good as it is. Hmm. Mm, really? You're like okay. looking at the meat, just slowly like roasting in the sun, but not in any way that you could eat it. Being like, huh? You know, we don't a have th- a fridge, right? <laughs> like maybe a third name. How do we feel about a third name? Because I'm just thinking, like, babe, I don't want to tell you how to do your job, but that might be confusing for people, right? <laughs> I'm confused. I'm like, I, no, I think know. they'll get it. Okay. Okay. Well, apparently he, he was right. <laughs> I, I read this once, and I couldn't find it when I was trying to do the research for this but i read once that he would write all day and then he would meet some friends at night and then he would tell them hey this is the new bit of the book yeah and sort of over 18 months they met every day and they'd be like whoa oh my god this is great this is amazing (laughs) okay so i guess he had an audience that he was like gassing him up all the time yeah Yeah. this is good this is good stuff well that doesn't really seem fair that's not solitude at all (laughs) yeah that's true (laughs) he's got 18 months of supportive friends hanging with the boy he actually has no idea what he's talking about 100 100 years of great friendship (laughs) 
Okay, so before we crack in, I have to warn you, this novel follows one family for seven generations, 100 years. So you can probably imagine a lot happens, but that's kind of the point of it, the epic scope, but also the day-to-day of the generations. You, you meet them all, you see them all. And the thing that makes it a challenge to read and an even greater challenge to tell you about, especially the people at home who are yeah. just driving in a car or on the, on, the, on the train or whatever, all, as Jackson has alluded to there, of the male members of the family have very similar names. The names are either Jose Arcadio or Oruliano, or a variation of those two. Okay. And I notice, I mean, you, you, you've you given me and Cass uh, some family trees, which is really, really helpful for us. Yeah. So, but so, I noticed somebody on here is named Aureliano Jose. Yes. <laughs> so they're either named Jose or Aureliano, and this guy's both? Yes, yeah. and then they get combined, which makes it even more complicated. That's awesome. So basically, okay. I'm going to do my darndest to make this make sense, but you guys chime in if anything doesn't make sense to okay. you. My copy of the book, which is the Penguin, Penguin Classics version, has a little family chart, like a family tree at the start to help you out as you're reading. And I've got a chart that I've printed out for Cass and Jackson here that I'll post with the episode on the BookCheat social media pages if you want to see if it helps you at BookCheatPod. I've given a couple of the characters nicknames <laughs> to differentiate them throughout the generations. Otherwise, even when, like when I was reading it, which I... I loved it. Yeah. But I read it in like about two days. I think you have to sort of get it all in there to, yeah. to keep track of it. But every like six or seven pages, I'm flipping, flipping back to this chart. you like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that guy. Okay. Oh, who's, oh, that's that guy. So so good luck, everyone. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm very excited. I've been nervous to do this. I read this like in, in January and I've been putting it off because I'm like, am I going to, are we going to go mad? Yeah, talking about this. There's so, plenty to fear for insanity. Yeah. Like, are we just going to lose our minds and tear each other apart? Is that what's going to happen yeah. at the end of this episode? Dave, you're not making Tearing my own face yeah. off, running into the walls of the studio. Right, we always start with the opening line, and this is a famous one. This is the opening line of 100 Years of Solitude. Many years later, as he faced the firing squad, Colonel Aureliano Buondia was to remember that distant afternoon when his father took him to discover ice. And we're off. That's ice pretty is, good. Ice is in frozen ice, not the drug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. methamphetamine. Yeah. That's pretty good, though. That hits you with a couple of, like, you know, you're like, why is he in front of the firing exactly. squad? Exactly, there's questions. Yeah. And you Discovering know, ice, huh? And you know he's going to live live a life up until that point, but then one day he'll face the firing squad. Yeah. So already so many questions. Yeah. That's good. Where, where was he that he didn't see ice? How far did he have to go to get the ice? <laughs> yeah. What did he do? <laughs> when is this set? What year is this? They don't have ice? What's going on? Was this inspired yeah. by his lack of fruit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The author has not had ice cream in many months. <laughs> so we've just met one of our main characters there, Colonel Aureliano Buondia, who, for clarity, I will now refer to as the Colonel. Okay. Thank All right, you. Great. Okay, we're in. Cutting off his Aureliano part of his name. Mm-hmm. He's just the Colonel. We're in a flashback to when the Colonel was just a kid and it says, quote, the world was so recent that many things lacked names and in order to indicate them, it was necessary to point. <laughs> <laughs> that thing. That's great. That's very sweet. Now, our book takes place in the fictional Colombian town of Macondo, a small village that was founded by Jose Arcadio Buondia, a hardworking man who led the construction of the town, an absolute beast. He's a huge dude, very strong, the power of many, many men. He lives there with his wife, Ursula, 
and they are the patriarch and matriarch of the Bondia family that we will follow over several generations. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And the whole story is sort of told in a, the style of someone recounting a long story. I guess kind of like a guy meeting up with his friends every night <laughs> and being like, hey, this happened. And then this happened. And then this. Yeah, yeah. And it's not always, li- it's mostly linear. It moves through the generations, but every now and then there's a flashback or a flash forward, like something like uh, one day when he faces the fire. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, oh how's that going to happen? Yeah. Goss is fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I love true. gossip. Gossip is awesome. Yeah. And it gossip about people you don't know is still good. Yeah, so good. exactly. Yeah. This is... Gabriella walked so that the Kardashians could run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, in the words of the book, a band of gypsies, mm-hmm. referred to as travellers after this, frequently brought technological marvels to the new and very isolated village. They turn up with some actual magical stuff like magic carpets. Oh, oh that's cool. Sick. But also like some sciencey stuff like magnets. Yeah, okay. Whoa. Or ice, which is a new invention to these people, and they equally are, their mind is blown by ice as it is by, by magic, magic carpets. carpets. Yeah. That rules. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> is it the history of ice is super interesting? Like it is. Do they? I don't know if they go into it in the story about how like I think. Maybe it was in London. There was this shop front and it was like when they'd first figured out how to transport ice across to anywhere in any sustainable way. And they would just always the shop front in London would have a huge block of ice in the window and people would just come and stare at it because they'd never seen sustainable like ice just like that you could just have ever in their lives. <laughs> That's amazing. Isn't That's it? wild. And it was something to, I forget what it was. It was, it was like a lake in Canada and they figured out with sawdust or whatever, the way to bring ice to the, to the rest of the world or whatever from there. And I think as well, prior to that, I forget where I read this. If you were bringing, say you wanted to bring oranges into across the Atlantic or whatever, you would lose three quarters of all of the oranges that you picked and placed in your ship by the time you arrived wherever you were going. Oh my God. Three quarters of just rotten oranges that you had to throw out and then everybody got the dregs and that before <laughs> ice, that's just how you did it. Oh my God. I guess that's also a very convenient story for the sailors <laughs> who arrived. I don't know. Bro, when you figure out how to get us ice, we won't lose so many oranges. <laughs> the face is just covered in orange. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. No scurvy on this ship. No that's scurvy. Weird. None of them ever got a cold. They're like, oh, I guess it's the sea air. <laughs> These travellers were led by the mysterious Melchiades. And the Milky? Ma- uh, Melchiades. Oh, okay. But, I mean, if we want to give him a nickname, we can... Milky. Mil- uh, Milky Melchiades sounds pretty good to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, all right, all right. He's the sort of the leader of the travellers. He's always arriving with this new stuff. And the matriarch of the family, Jose Arcadio Buendia, who I'm going to refer to as Papa Jose. Oh, hell yeah. Patriarch? He's the patriarch. Yeah. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. I thought that maybe I accidentally said matriarch. I thought you you, maybe you did. I I don't know. So he's the patriarch. Okay. (laughs) He's Papa Jose. He's Papa Jose. Papa Jose. All right, man. And he's the colonel's dad? Dad, yes. He's the dad of the colonel, absolutely. And every time that Malchiades comes along, he's obsessed with uh, the scientific knowledge that's brought along, especially with the possibility of alchemy, that is turning other metals into gold. And his quest for knowledge means... He often locked himself away, not washing or talking to anyone. A bit of solitude, oh. if you will. Ooh. Interesting. I don't know how many years of that? Got a hundred more coming right up. <laughs> and his wife Ursula, the matriarch, was much more practical and thought his obsession was pretty ridiculous. And when Papa Jose led an expedition to try and contact other civilizations, he's mm-hmm. a bit of a journeyman as well. Yeah, was okay. Looking for for new things, and he decided that. Oh, we're surrounded by water. We're surrounded by swamps and mountains. There's nowhere nowhere really around here. We should move the whole town. But Ursula refused to move their young family 
Throughout the whole book, Ursula, she really holds this whole family together. Okay. And she lives to a very old age and cares for all, nearly all of her descendants. Whoa, cool. I love her. Yeah, honestly, yeah. she's a badass. Yeah, hell yeah. I hope it sounds like Ursula may have been inspired by a wife who went without a fridge. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I don't think there would have been any other way to write a matriarch in this book <laughs> and keep your family. <laughs> He's like, look, we haven't had cold food in a long time, yeah. but I've made you look pretty good here. <laughs> <laughs> That's you. That's you. <laughs> Their two sons are the aforementioned Colonel, mm-hmm. who as a child was withdrawn and a bit mysterious, and his brother, Jose Arcadio, who inherited his father's great size and strength and also his huge dong. Whoa. Oh. That's awesome. Okay. I did see on the family tree you'd given him the nickname huge dong huge and dog. I was really hopeful that that was literal and yeah. there wasn't some. That's awesome. That's really good to know. Yeah, they t- it's, it's talked about a lot in the book. That, he's uh, he's just packing heat. Yeah, he's got a big wang, this guy. So How do they bring it up? Yeah, in what? Do people talk about it? Well, we'll talk about it, but um, people are obsessed with trying to sleep with him because of his oh, rumoured huge dong. Yeah, I see. Uh, hog rumours, I see. Yeah, yeah huge dong. <laughs> with those today transcends time (laughs) and he lives up to those rumors let me tell you whoa he's also he's a big he's massive Mm. it's kind of like um everyone's got a similar name but a lot of the sons either are like sort of tall and thin or like the biggest dude you've ever seen (laughs) that rolls one day the travelers return to town with the sad news that their leader Milky Melchiades has <laughs> no, died. No. Not Milky. I love Milky. But this is the same time they brought the ice, which fascinated Papa Jose, who says, this is the greatest invention of our time, <laughs> <laughs> which I love so much. And it finally puts into, into perspective a dream he once had just before founding the town of Macondo. The book says, Jose Arcadio Bondia, a.k.a. Papa Jose, uh-huh. dreamed that night that right there, a noisy city with houses having mirror walls rose up. He asked what city it was, and they answered him with a name that he had never heard. That name had no meaning at all, but that had a supernatural echo in his dream. Macondo. Oh. So there's this dream about this city of mirrors. Yeah. And apparently it's Macondo, so he founds the town Macondo, and he sees the ice and thinks, this is what the dream must it's have It's happening. Oh. A town made of mirrors must be a town made of ice. Oh, I one, see. One that's day fun. we'll make a town of ice. Wow, that's tall order. That's a... Yeah, I've... Not heard cool, as in like chilly things about Colombia. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, warmer <laughs> not, climate yeah. from memory. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not the feedback I get from people who've traveled there. <laughs> so, does he, he has the dream about Macondo and then he's like, I gotta build it? I gotta make this, yeah. That's, I don't know if I had a, if I had a dream about a city, I don't know if I'd be setting out to make a city. <laughs> you try and build it. That's a lot. It seems like a lot of work and I don't, wouldn't even really know where to begin. I once had a dream about a very beautiful tower. Oh, yeah. And I still think about it. It was years ago, and I still think about the very beautiful tower. Never in my life have I thought, I should build a tower. <laughs> you never thought about, like, de- devoting your life to <laughs> becoming an architect? No. I just, every now and then I'll think of the tower and be like, God, beautiful. Do you think if you did, or if somebody else built that tower for you, like, you would feel a great sense of satisfaction at seeing it? So good. Yeah. I I remember once trying to talk to one of my cousins who was really tech savvy about, like, building an app that like I wanted to exist and he was mm. like, okay, there's lots of steps to do it. And then I found out someone else had already done it. The relief oh, I felt yeah. that I could just buy it. I didn't have to spend years of my, yeah, Oh my God. That does sound good. Heaven. I love when I have an idea second, but I don't know about it. 
Okay, so he's uh, he's seen ice for the first time, and on this day, he paid the travellers to let his son see the ice, and it's such a significant memory for the colonel that, as the opening line said, one day he'll recall that as he faces the firing squad. Yeah, there you go. Uh, we learn a bit more about Papa Jose and his wife Ursula. They are cousins, but got married as people sort of did back then. But they were afraid to consummate their marriage out of the fear of their child having a birth defect. Because mm. this has happened in their family before with two of their relatives having a baby born with a pig's tail. Oh, no. So they got married and they were like, I don't know if we want to do oh, that. Do we want so, a pig baby? Oh, but that's hmm. a silly one. Yeah, that's kind of a fun one, yeah, it's honestly. Kind of fun, isn't it, it? And it's sort of harmless, you know? Also, like, you could just hack it off. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But you sort of play with it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't Especially know. if it works like a pig's tail where you can straighten <laughs> it out and then it springs back. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's fun. <laughs> so they don't have kids for a while. And uh, when that doesn't happen, a man from the town named Prudencio Aguilar, he started to claim that Papa Jose must be impotent. He's like, you got no kids? You must be impotent. Oh, no. So what did Papa Jose do? Well, he killed Aguilar. <laughs> he murdered him. Great way Could to... an impotent man do this? <laughs> if, a man, if somebody calls a guy impotent, then he kills that man. That guy's impotent. Oh, that yeah, guy's absolutely. impotent as hell. Like, he is not helping. A not impotent man says, no, brother, I, my comm's awesome and moves on or whatever. Yeah. The spoof rocks, actually. Yeah. <laughs> he just stabs him. And in one of our first bits of the magical part of magical realism, the ghost of Aguilar haunted Papa Jose so badly that to get away from the ghost, Papa Jose led an expedition to leave town and founded Macondo, where they now live. Oh. So he had the dream oh. and he was also being haunted God, by a ghost. That's a lot. He's like, i got to get out of here. Yeah. And uh, when they got there, they have their two sons and also a young daughter named Amaranta. Okay. And all three were born without the tails of pigs. Yes. That's so good. So everything is going well. The town has actually yet to be visited by death and no resident has died there yet. That's cool. And they're like, this is a... Pr- Let's this keep this going. Town. <laughs> yeah. Which I imagine all towns for a while have yeah. that record. And all towns must be like, are we the one town where no <laughs> one dies? <laughs> <laughs> Until yeah, a couple of months in and old, oh, damn it. Okay. old grandpa Joe dies. <laughs> Just Never as mind. people start getting sick, yeah. Papa Jose's like... I have a holiday house. Like, do you want to stay? You might be more comfortable like, there. I don't know. Yeah, I think that would be nice. You can. Say, I won't charge you. I think that it's like that thing with like Formula One drivers. They or like race crash people when they they crash their race crash people race crash race yeah, yeah. drivers when they crash their car. I think they're always announced as dead at the hospital, so they yeah. technically die at, at the track. I so think the same thing happens at Disneyland. If, <laughs> if you die at Disneyland, they they say you didn't or so, or something like this. Again, is this true? Where there's like a place in Disneyland that is not considered Disneyland <laughs> that they take you to to die so that you didn't die so you, they can say nobody died in Disneyland. They somehow get like another country they pay them enough to put their consulate in <laughs> yeah, Disneyland. So it's yeah. like they didn't die here they technically died in Poland. <laughs> this was enough. If you die in Disneyland you die in Poland. That's the rule. I don't know. Yeah so maybe he does that with the town he's like alright you, you're dying get out. No one's died there yet. The future colonel so he's not a colonel yet but we're going to call him the colonel. Okay who is more reclusive, joins his dad in the workshop obsessing over scientific experiments and research. Because, you know, remember the dad's obsessed with mm-hmm. all the magical stuff that arrives. Meanwhile, his giant brother, Jose Arcadio. Huge dong. Mm, huge dong. Huge dong. And we hear about how he's got a, a huge hog and people are into it, including a local fortune teller named Pilar Tenera. Mm-hmm. He's attracted to her by the smell of smoke under her armpits. Oh. And she's attracted to him for the huge wang. <laughs> 
And they sleep together and Pilar becomes pregnant. How, how does she get smoke under her armpits? What's going on there? I don't know what's going on. But Is it like an al- a deodorant alternative where you just put a cigarette under there? <laughs> oh, it'd probably be ash from a fire. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Or charcoal. Charcoal yeah, helps yeah, yeah. Like, with um, deodorizing stuff. That's oh. cool. Smart. Yeah, and apparently she smells fantastic. That's awesome. I, I smoke love smells the good. smell of fire. Yeah. yeah it's a good I would smell. be attracted to someone if their armpit smelled like Absolutely. I'd be attracted to someone with a huge up. wang. Yeah. <laughs> someone for oh. everyone here. <laughs> so Pilar gets pregnant. Mm-hmm. But huge Dong Jose does not stick around to become a dad because he soon falls in love with the daughter of one of the travellers and when they get up to keep travelling, he leaves town to follow. <gasps> He's like, dog. I love her. I'm going to go with her. Leaving. What does she smell like? <laughs> she must have smelled incredible. Smell like better fire. Yeah. <laughs> Smokier. Yeah. Ursula, matriarch, huge Dong Jose's mother, tries to follow him and get him to return back to town. I love Ursula. Yes. Yeah. She, she tries everything to keep the family together. She fails in her mission, but in doing so, finds a simple journey through swampland that connects Macondo with the outside world. Something that the the expedition by the men could yeah. never find. Hmm. She's like, actually, just a couple of days. Yeah, it's not here. hard. <laughs> so she didn't mean to, but she accidentally finds that. And that means that they are now connected with the so-called civilization. The town of Macondo begins to slowly change and get larger. The town starts to be part of a central government. A magistrate named Don Apollina Moscote arrives. Okay. Mm. And he tries to tell the Bondiers what colour they are allowed to paint their house. Oh, shut up. Come on now. And they tell him to piss off. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Enough. Immediately, this is the first sign of government trying to get yeah. involved. Yeah. The bureaucracy bad. is growing. Pilar, the fortune teller with smoky armpits, gives birth to a son whose father is Huge Dong Jose, mm-hmm. but he's gone walkabout. Pilar names their son Arcadio. Oh, we'll call okay. him Smoky Arcadio. <laughs> I love that. Does he inherit his mother's smoky armpits in the, the tax? No, no, I don't think so. Okay. But I imagine just him being the smokiest little boy. <laughs> Constantly got a haze around him like a <laughs> mid-sized city. <laughs> Shine a laser through him, he looks beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> so they live in this massive house, the whole family around a big internal courtyard, and it's huge. And thankfully it's got many, many rooms because the family grows larger when they adopt an orphan girl named Rebecca. Okay. Do you every That's time such a normal name a person's mentioned cast just like s- glance down at your family yeah. tree? Yeah, look at the family I'm tree. Like, which which one? Which one? Which one? Rebecca will be mentioned, but she's not uh, listed in the top line. But she she is there because okay. she, she just turns up one day and they're not sure where she's from, but she moves in. That's the kind of family they are. They yeah, nice. That's take lovely. people in. I love that. Family gets bigger. At first, all Rebecca eats is dirt and she has okay, cool. terrible insomnia. Well, okay. I can think do, of one. Do, yeah. We can, you know, if do. I was going to start knocking things off, I'd start with the dirt. I was Cut reading about a guy, watching a video actually about a guy who on death row, they were like, what do you want as your last meal? And he was like, dirt. <laughs> wow. It was like a special dirt. It was like a, uh, some, some special dirt. And he was like, give me dirt. And they were like. It's actually not on the list of approved <laughs> foods. Why so he ate like him dirt. Uh, I don't know. I guess because it doesn't it doesn't count maybe as a food. I don't know. But they wouldn't let him eat dirt, so he had got like a cheeseburger. Well, or they, yeah, they glanced down at their list and it says cheeseburger, <laughs> hot dog, or pizza. <laughs> yeah, that's sorry, you man. You can have anything you want. Chicken or fish. That's yeah. those your options. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, he went. He wanted dirt. He wanted a big bucket of dirt. He that's... couldn't have dirt and a cheeseburger. No, I don't know why they could. What? He's gonna die. Let yeah, the guy let eat, eat the dirt. dirt. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe it's because they're like. Like, no, you'll kill yourself and we're killing you. That's not <laughs> that's fair. True. Uh, you probably couldn't order cyanide for your last That's pill. true. I Also, and again, I don't know if I'm misremembering this. I feel like they found it because it was a special dirt from like a special, the dirt of a special tree. And they found it for him. 
And then someone from higher up was like, you can't make him eat. So they went to the effort of finding the right dirt. And then someone was like, you can't make, he's not eating dirt. Give him a cheeseburger. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like in my brain, the team behind the last meals and the team behind Make-A-Wish. Yeah, same same vibes. Yeah, same vibes. It's like, we'll do it. We'll figure it out. We'll get that for you. It's like that. I I think where I saw this video is I found a guy on TikTok who's like, I'm eating every last meal, which is awesome. Wow. What a ghoulish career to have. He's like, I'll leave the dirt to (laughs) Yeah, well, he was like, he found the dirt, but he's like, I can't eat it. So he put the dirt away and then he ate a cheeseburger or whatever. But some of them, it's like... A bucket of fried chicken, full apple pie, two giant milkshakes, fried mussels, a niçoise salad. It's like heaps of stuff. And they they got it. They just got it. And they just got. They they just just do it for themselves. Is the idea that like as the last act of revenge, you get in the electric chair, you've had all that horrible food. You shit yourself so bad <laughs> that they have to clean it up. Like, That's great. You'd be thinking about yeah, it, certainly. Yeah. I like you hear a lot of guys will be like, right, and they'll order like as much food as possible and then they'll be like, here it is, and they'll be like, I'm not hungry, <laughs> which is also awesome. That is really good. That's a great way to go. I don't think I would be hungry if I knew I was about to die. Yeah, me neither. I don't think I – I don't know what I want for a last meal, but maybe something – I was going to say something like I would never have normally, but – then I probably look what at it and be like, eat yeah. it and you're like, oh, that was bad. Yes, that would be so disappointing. You don't want a bad last meal. What's always going to be good? What is like going to be guaranteed? You're going to be satisfied after eating, like a cinnamon donut. But you don't have to put up with the repercussions of your meal. Like you could eat till you are sick, and you'd be like, oh, I won't feel this bad soon. That's true. That's <laughs> like, true. It's the eat- one time you can be like, you can eat all the stuff that makes you feel pretty sick. Well, yeah, you can yeah. eat so much, you're praying for death. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what I was going to do. Terrible. A bucket of fire ants. Yeah. That's yeah. what I want. <laughs> Anyway, how do we get under this? I don't oh, know. She eats dirt. Yeah, eats dirt. That's right. Wow. So okay. Rebecca, she's an orphan. She's adopted. She eats dirt. She's got terrible insomnia, which the the town soon finds is contagious. Uh-oh. And the insomnia leads to memory loss, which gets worse and worse. And Whoa. the towns all start to forget things. So they put post-it notes on everything, reminding them what objects are. Hmm. So you know what it's called. They even get a big sign reminding them that God exists. Oh, my <laughs> so they God. Don't forget. <laughs> That's awesome. But the memory loss gets worse and worse and they're worried that they'll they'll soon forget how to read and then they won't be able to remind themselves oh, yeah. anymore. When old mate, previously dead, Melchiades arrives in town, back from the dead with an antidote to the memory loss and the insomnia. Do what we know Melchiades? Yeah, Milky Old Malchiato. That's Magic Man. Yeah. Yes. The magic Man who, sadly, we've heard is dead. Yeah, that's that was a rumour. But he truly is magic. He's oh back from God. the dead. So that's good news. He's cured everyone. What was the cure? Just like a some sort of potion. Oh, I see, I see. So that's the good news. But the patriarch of the family, Jose Acario Bondia, Papa Jose, mm-hmm. slowly loses his mind with his obsessive research. And he begins to be haunted by visions of Prudencio Aguilar, the man he murdered, mm-hmm. the guy who said he was impotent. <laughs> and he begins to think every day is repeating itself over and over and starts to trash the house, goes into a violent rage and he's such a big and strong dude that it takes 20 other men to drag him into the yard of the house Oof. and he's tied to a tree Whoa. where he remains for the rest of his life. Oh, my God. And no one is able to understand his constant babbling of what sounds like gibberish. Okay. Get so sunburned. Yeah, you would. You would. That would be bad, man. That would be real bad. Hopefully it's a, a lovely shady tree. Yeah, that's nice. Also, you're making every day of his life the same at that point. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate repetition. Yeah. True. Oh, the poor guy. But yeah, he was trying to decipher Melchiatus' inventions and writing and it, he just lost his mind. Why didn't he ask Milky Melchiatus? Wasn't he back? 
He was back. I don't know why. It yeah, didn't, didn't come up. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, things aren't going too well for his kids either, particularly in their love lives, one of which is very, very creepy. Okay. Ooh. The future colonel mm-hmm. falls in love with the guy I mentioned before, the magistrate who tried to get them to paint the house a different colour. Yeah. He falls in love with the magistrate's youngest daughter, Remedios Moscote. And Moscote is very young. Only nine years old. Ew. He's an adult man. Ew. So it's a lot. And he tries to just distract himself from these weird feelings by hooking up with the fortune teller Pilar, who is the mother of his brother's baby. Oh, my God. And she ends up pregnant and has, an, has another child named Aureliano Jose, who I will call AJ. Okay. okay. Yeah, cool, 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 cool. So now cool. she's got one child with each brother. All right. All right. Okay, I'm across it. I'm following. She's got Smokey, Smokey Arcada. And AJ. Arcadio, rather, and AJ. Cool. One for each brother. But despite having a son with another woman, eventually a marriage is arranged between the future colonel and the child bride, Moscote. They will marry when she is slightly older. Slightly older. Yes. <laughs> yeah. How old? It doesn't say. It just says when she goes through puberty. So yeah, okay. still. Still too young. That's, that's bad. Still Gross. grim stuff. That's bad. That's one of the, the, the sons. And then there's the sisters, the two daughters in the family, Amaranta and the adopted Rebecca. Okay. And you're never going to believe it. They fall in love with the same man. Oh, oh, classic. Who has one of my favorite names in all of literature. I'm obsessed with his name. Pietro Crespi. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that is really good. Such a good name. Pietro Crespi. Pietro, Pietro Crespi. 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 Yes. Crespi. Yeah, it's, it's like, Crespi. It's like, Pietro Crespi, just love it. Sounds so good. And I'll, I'll fight him for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, give me. He sounds great. Slice me off a bit of Crespi. Yeah, well, you're already sold. Let me tell you this: he's a traveling piano salesman. Ah, oh, <laughs> that's awesome. Yes, and he comes into the house because he's there to install a pianola for the house. That's awesome. Oh. Pianos, man. I, this is another thing that I heard somewhere, <laughs> possibly from my dad, is that back in the day, like the early or late 1800s in Australia, there were people whose job it was to just travel out to those remote communities and install grand pianos because every school needed to have a grand piano for like music training. So there were people whose entire lives were like just traveling through the outback with a truck full of grand pianos, (laughs) dropping them off places. And then because nobody, you you would also be the person who would maintain the grand pianos. You would just be traveling community to community, fixing a grand piano, fixing a grand piano and just moving around. So just become an infinite loop where you drop one off and then you go fix another one, fix another one. That was a whole career for like probably... Decades and decades and decades. That's the best. You were a grand piano salesman. Imagine through the dusty outback, <laughs> truck full of grand pianos. Your truck going, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <I> going <laughs> bonk, 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 whatever you go over the, a big bump or whatever. <laughs> big chords. Yeah. Ooh. That's so fun. Your your ride is scored yeah, across true. the desert. It can't see Everybody good. in the community hears the piano yeah, playing. Piano man's here. <laughs> yeah. Like, like the ice cream truck arriving. <laughs> Slightly <laughs> far more atonal, yeah. yeah. Slightly less exciting, but still there. So both sisters, Amaranta and the adopted Rebecca, want Pietro Crespi. Of course they do, a travelling piano man called Pietro Crespi. Yeah. Yes, please. Absolutely. Yes. One uh, for me too. Yeah. And the sisters sort of lose their minds over him and Rebecca starts eating dirt again. Oh, yeah. He'd voice. make me eat dirt too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pietro Crespi likes Rebecca. Why wouldn't you? Mouthful of dirt? Yeah. Uh-huh. Hubba hubba. Yes, please. <laughs> and they agree to marry. So he chooses Rebecca. Okay. But Amaranta, 
the sister who is in love with Pietro as well swears revenge and promises that she'll break them up. Oh no. So this family is messed up or only two generations. Yeah, it's it's already so complicated. Also, for Yeah. If we're in the old times Mm -hmm. and you're like, ah ha ha, I will destroy my sister's marriage. She already eats dirt. <laughs> yeah, I know. What, what else can Where you do? Where are you going from there? <laughs> what are you? You're jealous of your dirt eating sister. <laughs> this is weird. I'm going to eat more dirt than she ever would. <laughs> <laughs> well, just as, he's, as he is about to marry Rebecca, Pietro Crespi, the piano man, is called out of town by a letter that says his mother is horribly ill and he must come quickly. It turns out to be a hoax and everyone suspects that the jealous Amaranta oh. wrote the letter, but there's no proof. Meanwhile, the young bride, Muscote, who married the future colonel, remember she was the child that just went through puberty, she's welcomed into the family because she marries the colonel Mm -hmm. and everyone loves her. She's great. But then she dies suddenly, possibly of a miscarriage. It's not really really said exactly. And Mm -hmm. everyone goes into mourning. Obviously super sad. And that means that Rebecca... And Pietro Crespi still can't get married even when he comes back to town because there's a rule against marriage when everyone's oh, in the morning. I see. You've got to go through the morning, then you mm. can get married. But remember huge Dong Jose? How could I forget? <laughs> yeah. Well, he's grown into a powerful man. Like, <laughs> I'm sure he has. <laughs> huge. He's covered in tattoos. No. And he comes back to town and he starts to have an affair with Rebecca, his adopted sister. Oh, no. Even though she's engaged to Pietro Crespi. Oh, oh God. No. And they actually eventually get married. And their mother, Ursula, the matriarch of the family, is super pissed off and kicks them out of their house and they go and live in their own Whoa. What their happened own to Crespi? Yeah, did Crespi and Amaranta get married? Well, but meanwhile, Pietro Crespi isn't too worried because, remember, two women loved him. Oh, that's so right. So he just shacks up with Amaranta, <laughs> plan B. Oh, sick. <laughs> too easy. The other sister who loved him. That's crazy that her plan worked. Yeah. She's like, if I can just delay the marriage, it might. <laughs> it, it, will, it did. He'll come around my way, yeah. Yeah, so they, they get together. It was effective. And the other brother, the colonel, who's been widowed by his young wife, Remedios Moscote, dying suddenly, mm-hmm. he finds purpose when the town of Macondo is invaded by an army representing the conservative government who want to bring the village under their control. Oh, no. The colonel leads a successful rebellion, and this is when he starts being called Colonel Aureliano. Okay. So he's become the colonel. The colonel goes on to be the leader of the Liberal Armies and leads the town to go to war against the Conservative government. And there's a big civil war going on, and this becomes sort of the background to most of the first three quarters of the novel. We hear about the Bondia family in great detail and also the larger events of the war. So it's macro, it's micro, it's realism, yeah, it's, it's magic. magic. Oh, yeah. oh, my God. I love it. Yeah, so much going on. I'm in the town, I'm in the city, I'm, yeah. in, the, I'm in the country. I'm in the family home. Yes. <laughs> the colonel... Travels all over the country and fathers 17 children to different women. The sons are all called Aurelianos. (laughs) And they are referred to by the narrator as the 17 Aurelianos. That's awesome. Oh, they're all sons? They're all sons. That's cool. 17. And on our little family map here, Jackson pointed out before we started, he's like, I'm really excited to hear about it. It just says 17 (laughs) 17 Aurelianos. (laughs) I guess if you listed every single one, it would be illegible. That's great. hedge. (laughs) (laughs) It's already complicated enough. Yeah. (gasps) Whilst the colonel is out of town, he places Smokey Arcadio in charge of the town of Macondo. Smokey Arcadio, remember, being the illegitimate child of his brother, Huge Dong Jose, yeah. and fortune teller Pilar, whose armpit smelled like smoke. 
Do you reckon, Cass, you could recount the family tree and all the connections right now? Mm, I reckon <laughs> I could do a pretty okay job. I I don't know if I could. <laughs> we're only one. No, we're two levels. We're two deep. levels deep. We're two levels deep into we got the family. Mom and dad, three kids, um, plus adopted sister, but she's not. Yeah, she she left. She's out with one of the brothers. Who's had two jobs? Dirt girl and huge dong got kicked out. Yes, that's yes, right. Yes, yeah, yeah. Huge okay. dong and Rebecca Dirt girl have gotten married. <laughs> They've been kicked out despite kind of being siblings because she's yeah. an adopted yes, sister. But yeah, he's yeah, a, yeah. he's a bit older, so maybe they didn't live together. I don't know. <laughs> Well, they did live together because they all lived in one house. I do know. <laughs> yeah. But they all lived around where their dad was chained to that tree. Yes. <laughs> That's right. And the, 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 the top mom, Ursula, is like, what the hell? You can't marry your, your yeah, yeah, adopted your sister. sister. You're Both out of get here. Out. She's, just, she's projecting about yes. marrying her cousin. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Come on. <laughs> and now there's 17 Aurelianos, all fathered by the colonel, all over the town. But they don't live in the, the household. They live in their oh, own respective yeah. places. And he's put Smokey Arcadio in charge, his brother's son. Mm-hmm. And Smokey Arcadio becomes a dictator and is referred to as, <laughs> oh, quote, okay. the cruelest ruler that Macondo had ever known. Whoa, oh Smokey. Smokey is not good. A little what? bit of power corrupts absolutely for yeah, this guy. Yeah, hot dog. He tries to hit on his own mother, Pilar Tenera. What because, the hell? Because he doesn't know that she's his mother. Right. <laughs> and Pilar's like... And she smells like smoke. She no, smells we, we like delicious it. smoke. Fair great. enough. But she's like... Uh, but she knows she's, this is weird. And to let him down gently, she sets him up with a woman who has, quote, the unlikely name of Santa Sophia Della Pie Dad. <gasps> which That's I love. Awesome. That's you. You're a pie dad. I'm the pie dad. <laughs> and they get married. So mum's like, oh, my son's hitting on me. Palms yeah. him off to this other woman. They yeah. get married and have three children who form the next generation in our family tree. But to avoid confusion, I will talk about them. Later. <laughs> okay. Smart. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks for that. Genuinely, thank you so much. <laughs> I feel attached to this family. Yeah. I can picture them all surrounding dad in a tree. Dad, yeah. Yes, and he's just sort of mumbling to himself. Uh, yeah, instead of imagining him like a feral dog kind of. Yeah, which it's not fair because if, you, if you've seen a magic carpet yeah. and then you've seen that water can be turned to stone mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you're like, cool, I just need to turn... Metal into different metal. Yeah, like the, how hard yeah, could that yeah, be? Exactly. It's you like know. this is the crazy idea. <laughs> yeah. How is that the crazy idea? Yeah. Let me figure it out. And I'm getting hassled by a ghost. Not my fault. Well, I did kill him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's great as well. He like killed a man because he was rude, yeah. and then was like, I actually don't want to be haunted anymore. <laughs> like, I thought the whole point of haunting is that like you have to deal with the consequences of your action. It's yeah. like I'm gonna move and actually create a dream life for myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Back to Pietro Crespi, our piano salesman. Remember, okay. he was engaged to Rebecca, but that broke off. So he went to his second choice's wife, Amaranta, and he proposes to her. How quickly? Yeah, great question. A little bit of time. The thing about this novel is, uh, which is quite interesting, but also you go, hang on, like mm. time passes and it's not always... Obvious? Uh, not always obvious. Like suddenly you're like, oh, Smokey Arcadio is now in charge of the town. 
in my mind that he was still just a oh, boy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Years fair. go by, and so, but sometimes it's like you you focus on several days in a row, and then years go by, and suddenly you're like, oh, he's twenty five yeah. years old now. Okay, <laughs> oh, wow. So I'm not sure how long they're together, but they they sleep together for a while, and Pietro Crespi proposes to Amaranta. She can't forgive what has happened to her. And she rejects the man she loves, saying, Whoa. Don't be simple, Crespi. I wouldn't marry you even if I were dead. Whoa. Which is a real. That's a, yeah, that's that's a, a put down. Absolutely. But it worked. She. I know. All of her work, all of this she's effort. Like, uh, actually, actually. No thanks. Yeah, she's like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you kind of broke up. I guess it wasn't me who broke you up. Yeah. But I don't want you. Yeah. And too up, bad. After this, Pietro Crespi begs her to change her mind, but she refuses to see him and he ends his own life. Oh, oh my, my God. God. Crespi. Yeah. Crespi. You- Who's going to deliver pianos? <laughs> oh my God. Think of the kids. <laughs> out in the Outback. Yeah. Outback wanna... Columbia without their pianos. Oh, oh so sad. There's just a big... Um, Trailer <laughs> full of pianos. <laughs> now everyone's like, we don't know where to take where do you, them. What do you do with pianos like this? <laughs> so many horses feeling like, I don't <laughs> Amaranta, who's rejected Pietro Crispi, burns her hand on purpose in the coals under the stove and wears a black bandage on that hand for the rest of her life. A sort of mourning. Okay. And she leads a very long life. Okay. Some would say of solitude. <gasps> oh. oh my God. That. A lot of bad choices from her. Yeah, she made she made some weird decisions yes. in her life. A lot of them were bung. Yeah. Meanwhile, in the war, the liberals, led by the colonel, are beaten by the conservatives who retake Macondo, and they use a firing squad to execute Smokey Arcadio, who had been the terrible dictator. Oh. And most of the town are like, oh, well, he was awful. <laughs> no. Yeah, stop. Stop. Don't. <laughs> no, killing's bad. Don't. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't. You have to. No. Oh my god, they did it. We literally Don't, can't oh, undo it. Oh well, I guess. I guess all we can do is move forward. <laughs> <laughs> With the war lost, his uncle, the colonel, is also arrested. And as we heard in the very opening line of the book, he too faces a firing squad. There you go. This is when he thinks about the ice. Oh. But just as he expects them to open fire, he sort of closes his mind. Closes his mind. Also <laughs> closes his mind. Oh no, I am not here. Don't not here. close your mind. <laughs> he closes his eyes. His brother, the massive and tattooed huge Dong Jose, appears with a shotgun to rescue him. Oh my god! <gasps> this is like so he had the big treat of remembering the ice and then got to live. Yeah, this, this is, is exactly, exactly like the, your last meal. He had the meal. last meal of his mind, and then his brother <laughs> saved him. Also, I like that um, huge Dong and his son Smokey Arcadio. Both known for being huge dicks. Oh, <laughs> that's good stuff. That's good. Yeah. That's Marquez for you. Yeah. <laughs> lazy. Oh, yeah. That's why he won that prize. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, huge Dong Jose appears with a shotgun, and the six men from the firing squad actually mm-hmm. decide to join the colonel, and they immediately start a new uprising. Oh, I love like, that. Smart. <laughs> I didn't even want to shoot you. The book says Colonel Aureliano Bondia organized 32 armed uprisings. And he lost them all. (laughs) (laughs) He survived 14 attempts on his life, 73 ambushes and a firing squad. He lived through a dose of strychnine in his coffee that was enough to kill a horse. That's awesome. Stronger than a horse. Yeah. So people can't Not many of us can down. say that. Not many of us can say we're stronger no, than a horse. I can't. <laughs> Me neither. No. But every every time he has an uprising, he loses. <laughs> so funny. <gasps> That's so, good. And Destined got- to middle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we hear that him and this, this new crew, they travel throughout the Caribbean, are, in, are involved in more revolutions throughout different cities. They lose more battles. And the colonel sp- splits up from the official liberal army and he doesn't like them anymore. 
But it, eventually he takes back control of Macondo from the conservative forces. Okay. Kicks them out. Okay. His brother, Huge Dong Jose, yeah. did free him from the firing squad, but mostly lives a quiet life of farming with his wife, the dirt-eating Rebecca. Nice. I'm glad they're happy. They yeah, were kick, me they were too. kicked out of the family household for their love, but they live together. Yeah. Until Uh-oh. one day a pistol shot is heard in the house and then a small streak of blood comes out from under the door, travels over the road, across several streets, like several hundred metres, <laughs> up into the family Bondia house until the blood makes its way to the feet of his mother Ursula. Oh, my God. Mm. That's cool. So this is more magical yeah, yeah. stuff going on. She screams, follows the blood back <laughs> to find the body of her giant son who's been shot, but we're never told who killed him or if he did it himself. We don't oh, know. Oh, very, yeah, very interesting. Someone just took him out. That's, yeah. I love the blood trail, but imagine seeing blood screaming, but then having to walk five minutes. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Like, Hurrying along. You're puff, you're <sighs> probably still screaming. Like, do I yeah. still scream? Yeah, yeah, do I conserve my energy? <laughs> yeah. I might need to scream when I get there. I don't want to be out of screams. At what point do you get bored? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think I think if it was like a several hundred meters, like I'm not very fit, I'd probably be like, oh, like run. Yeah. And then I think as I crossed a road and saw it spanned over a couple of roads, I'd probably have a little, like only for a few seconds, yeah. but j- just a moment of like, I'm probably too late. Yeah. Right. If the blood had to come all this way, maybe I don't need to rush. Maybe I can slow it down to a walk. Yeah. Yeah. An amble. (laughs) I'll get there eventually. Yeah. So huge Don Jose. I'm afraid he's been killed. His wife, Rebecca, goes into a state of mourning for the rest of her life, locking herself up in their house. And she stays inside for so many years that the whole town forgets about it. More solitude. So so it worked out for Amaranta and Rebecca. They both. hundred years. That's why they both had their loves, I guess, taken away from them in, in one way, and yeah. then um, for the rest of their life. Amaranta. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Did you? Hmm. Hmm. I'm like, it's obvious. Like, she didn't kill the piano man. The piano man killed himself. Yes. But- yeah. Don't shoot the piano man. He's trying his best. <laughs> yeah. <Okay. laughs> Soon after this, more tragedy for the family. Remember Jose Arcadio Bondia, Papa Jose? Yeah. The patriarch of the He's family. He's tied to a tree. Yeah. Yes, he lost his mind in, in this relentless pursuit of knowledge. He was chained to the tree in the yard for decades. Well, it turns out the gibberish he's speaking is in fact Latin. Oh. Oh, devil. So, so well, a local <laughs> priest is able to understand and converse with him a little bit. Yeah, It okay. doesn't make heaps of sense. But he is speaking a language. He's speaking a language and the priest is able to give him a bit of comfort by, you know, someone actually understanding and and speaking back to him. Life-changing stuff. But after many years in the garden, he too passes on and it soon starts to heavily rain yellow flowers all over town. Just like rain from the sky, but flowers. That's cool. That sounds gorgeous. Yeah, that sounds pretty. Heavily it? rain, though. Yeah. I imagine they'd fall daintily. Yes, true. Well, there's <laughs> Heavy so <many> rain. <laughs> That's scary. Ow! <laughs> it says they fall on the town all through the night in a silent storm and they cover the roofs and block the doors and smother the animals who... Who sleep outdoors? Oh my god! Oh no! That rhymes. That's fun though. Yeah, that's true. That is if, fun. If you're going to tell me about like a mass <laughs> killing of a lot of animals, you might as well make a rhyme. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially if they're everyone's pets. Yeah, <laughs> softens the blow a yeah. rhyme. Yeah. You know, Where if somebody's going to tell me a loved one's dead, they should do it in rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> the book continues. It says so many f- flowers fell from the sky that in the morning the streets were carpeted with a compact cushion, and they had to cl- and they had to clear them away with shovels and rakes so that the funeral procession. could... Could pass by. Wow. Just imagine how many flowers That's that would be. a lot be. of flowers. I'd 
bury them with the flowers. Yeah, it seems pretty auspicious to have this many flowers around. Let's not just shove them away. Yeah, fill the grave with flowers, Mm. and then as they decompose, then put dirt on. Yeah, that's a good idea. You'd grow such a beautiful tree. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That'll be lovely. Mm. That'll be really nice. I know what you're thinking. It's been a while since someone in this family tried on a bit of incest. (laughs) Yeah, I have been thinking that. Yeah. It's been on my mind. Well, enter Aureliano Jose, a.k.a. AJ. Okay, he's back. Okay, he's the the son of the colonel. His mother is uh, Pilar, the smoky woman. Mm -hmm. But he develops an unhealthy passion for his aunt, Amaranta. The one who's wandering around with a burnt hand. Yeah, yeah. The one, yeah, she's in a life of mourning. She's got a black bandage on and she's a pretty lonely older woman by this point and they get pretty close and they sleep naked next to each other. But not touching? No no funny business? No funny business. Okay. But one day, well, I mean, they make they do a bit of kissing. Yeah, okay. And one day they're almost caught making out and she, Amaranta, freaks out and fully rebuffs her nephew, AJ, and he joins the army when he asks a soldier. <laughs> he says, can a person marry his own aunt? And the soldier replies... He not only can do that, but we're fighting this war against the priests so that a person can marry his own mother. (laughs) That was enough for him to sign up. I mean, you have to believe what you're fighting for. Yeah, exactly. And this guy, this this is like the cornerstone of his old beliefs. I want to marry my aunt. How old is he at this point? It's hard to say. I imagine he's probably in his 20s. Yeah, okay. That's too old. Yeah. Like, when, when's when, the right age to no, marry your say, aunt? Like, <laughs> you, you're like, when kids... No, he's no. They were sleeping naked together because you know how, like, when like little kids often want to marry one of their parents because oh, yeah, okay. they don't they understand love, but they don't understand right. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah romance yeah. and romantic feelings. I want to marry you, mummy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, we we can't do that, but thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it's, that. It's, it's a like, oh, like still, you you are five. You have no idea what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. All you know is that you cute. love me. Yeah, 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 exactly. And then I'm like, well, maybe it's like sixteen, and mm. he yeah. is still trying to figure himself out. No, no, no. He's he's a grown man, like 27 years old or something. Oh, no. Lobe's done. Yeah. <laughs> it really, Papa Jose and Ursula. They uh, they had some they had some kids, hey. They, <laughs> we didn't get pigtails. Yeah, yeah, true. Well, yeah. Is, I mean, we've gotten some tall tales. <laughs> yeah, I think absolutely. They really, yeah. When they started out, they were like, "Hmm, mm. we shouldn't have kids because that is a bit incest." Yeah, and they chose wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. They were scared. They were scared their incest was going to make. Yeah. But like the incest went down the line. That's, yeah. you know, they incest begat incest. incest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what they inherited. Incest. <laughs> yeah. Not a tale, but a love of incest. Well, when AJ returns to town, comes back from the army one day, one night some soldiers try to search him. And when he refuses, he sort of acts up a bit like, why? You can't search me. Yeah. The captain of the of this little unit shoots him dead. Oh, my God. He oh. just gets killed. Never got to marry his aunt. Never got to That's marry a, his what aunt. What a tragedy. They <laughs> <laughs> said that at his funeral. <laughs> yeah. Here lies AJ. Never got to marry his aunt. So sad. Well, AJ's father, who is the colonel, mm-hmm. returns to town after fighting all the wars in the Caribbean. You remember he's starting so many uprisings, yeah. losing them all. <laughs> a court martial orders that the colonel's old friend and godfather of one of his children, a man called Jose Raquel Moncada, be put to death. Okay. And people call for the colonel to commute the sentence. They're like, he's your friend. You love this guy. But he refuses to do so. He's like, no, nope, that's the order. I've got to follow orders. Okay. Mm. And then that happens and he starts, he thinks about it and he starts to doubt the war 
and the cause he's fighting for, and he becomes a shell of his former self. Yeah, damn. It's sort of a step too far. Yeah. And he ends up fighting against his own former army and eventually signs a peace treaty, but dejected by everything and feeling like the, like the whole process has failed, he attempts to shoot himself in the chest, but survives. Oh, damn. What kind of gun did he use? Yeah. Apparently it's a, I, I think he he draws a, a, a mark on his on his chest and then sort of shoots it and then the doctor's like, that's the best spot to shoot yourself. You missed all the organs. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, right in the middle seems yeah. like a mistake. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's somewhere in his chest he goes, yeah. and that and he, he survives. But um, but yeah, he's totally dejected because it's complicated because the, the civil war rages on throughout the book and it's sort of won and lost, won and lost. And yeah. then eventually he dislikes everyone but signs this peace treaty that brings the liberals and the conservatives together. Yeah. But then he starts to think, is this the right thing? Uh, yeah. I was fighting against this. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> After seeing this and with the tragedy her family, have, as in uh, seeing her son shoot himself, yeah, and with the tragedy her family have already experienced, his mother, Ursula, the matriarch of the family, who is now quite an old woman, starts to attempt to rejuvenate the family house with, quote, a vitality that seemed impossible at her age. Hell yeah. But she Ugh. just... She just gets it done, Ursula. Yeah. She does. Ursula, yeah, she takes care of business. So she just tries to make it fun? Yeah. The house is fun again? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And just tries to make it like, yeah, it's like renovates and makes it nice. Oh, that's good. That's that's good. And that's so mum. Yeah, like, oh, that's so mum. You know, you're like sitting on the couch on a day and your mum comes, he's like, what are we doing in here? Yeah. It's such a nice day outside. No, let, come on. Let's go no, outside. We're going outside. We're all yeah. going. Come on, stand up. Yeah, yeah. won't take no for an answer. Yeah, come we're on. going into standing in the sun. And you're like, this is nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, mom, you were right. Yeah, she was right. Like, I am 12, so I <laughs> will not be saying that. But. Yeah, at first you're like, ugh. And then you're like, oh, this is pretty good, but I'm not going to say it. Yeah. <laughs> With his fighting days behind him and probably suffering more than a little PTSD, the now retired colonel returns to the family workshop where he spends his days making tiny little fish out of gold. Oh, that's nice. Tiny little goldfish. That's nice. That's a nice thing to do with your time, you know? Yeah. I feel invested in this man. My first thought was, oh, I'll buy one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I'll grab one. Oh, I'll support it. It is kind of a symbol of this book. Yeah. I know you might notice it now. There are like, I guess, merch for the book. It's like these (laughs) little goldfish. It's like a symbol for the book. But now the next generation have started to hit adolescence. Before he was executed, I mentioned this before, Smokey Arcadio yeah. had three children with the incredibly named Santa Sophia de la Piedad. Oh, what a name. <sighs> Love Piedad. Remember, he at first hit on his, his mum. Yeah. And then she's like, no, 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 no marry no. this lady. And he did. And they had three kids. It worked out. They had uh, twin boys. This is complicated. Aureliano Segundo. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Jose Arcadio Segundo. Okay. Okay. And Segundo boys. Yeah. Segundo boys, they're twins identical. Okay. Look exactly alike. That I have a feeling that's going to be really important <laughs> later. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and they have a daughter called Remedios the Beauty. Oh, my God. That is... Okay, was she named that at birth? Yeah. Were they just planning? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think they saw it. Who, by all accounts, is one of the most beautiful women the world has ever known. Certainly Makondo's most beautiful woman. Oh, my God. From a from a very young age. They probably looked at this baby and they're, yeah, like, they're like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, whoa. Oh my God. Wowie zowie. And now she's, you know, growing into adolescence. Men would go to church just to get a glimpse of her in the pews. Damn. Her beauty literally turns men insane because they become <laughs> obsessed with her. 
But she remains, I love this, very naive and oblivious to any of it. Ah, uh, that's awesome. Great. Basically, her mind just doesn't seem to develop after childhood. Okay. I think she might have a learning difficulty because she doesn't learn to read or write and she just doesn't, she's just oblivious. I'd love to live in her world. She oh, seems yeah. very Sounds happy. Nice. She mm. just, everywhere she goes. Men are full on hitting their own heads with yes. shoes and she, yeah. and she doesn't. They're, hooting like yeah, wolves. Yeah, they're killing each other in the street. She yeah. doesn't. She's, she, men are dressing like a prince just to get her attention. <laughs> she just doesn't notice. Is this the archetypal born sexy yesterday? <laughs> yeah, I think it might be. First <laughs> like she example. had it built into her brain. Yeah. Like she grows yeah. up the most beautiful woman with the brain of a child. Yeah. <laughs> I think you might be right, dude. (laughs) Her brothers are the identical twins, Aureliano Segundo and Jose Arcadio Segundo. Aureliano Segundo is interested in the old books of Melchiades, the dead traveller from the start of the book. Ooh. Okay. And the ghost of Melchiades starts to visit him. Remember he died and sort of came back a bit. Yeah, yeah. Then he faded away again. Now he's back in ghost form. Love that. Okay, cool. He's done haunting (laughs) Papa Jose. (laughs) You can do a lot as a ghost in this. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. His twin brother, Jose Arcadio Segundo, first gets quite into religion and then into cockfighting and soon he starts to have sex with donkeys. Oh, that's why he's called Ass Man. Uh, he's an Ass Man. On the, okay. on the script, we're going to call him Ass Man. That's awesome. But it's a logical progression. Religion, yeah, yeah. cockfighting, <laughs> donkey sex. How do you go? The harder one for me to get is religion to cockfighting. <laughs> yeah. Cockfighting yeah. to donkey sex, I get yeah. it. You know, you're around you're around animals. I yeah, guess. <laughs> you're like, wow, they're just like me for real. And that's a religion is an interesting one. Yeah, going it from is, Christ yeah. to cockfighting, I don't know. It is seems tricky. And this is, you know, it's better than <laughs> turning on a family member. Yeah, that, that's. <laughs> do we think that? Or do we think that? Hmm. It's a weird scale right? here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's at, worse? At this point in the book, okay. I'm relieved that it's not still happening. Yes, I suppose. But this is still bad. very bad. This is bad. This the is margin bad. of difference in how bad they are is pretty small. <laughs> but, but one would probably come out in front of the other, but it's also dangerous I, to make a claim either way. I don't want to make a claim. I don't want it associated I with me which one I think is worse. No, I had immediate relief given the context of the family history. I'm like, finally, like we're breaking <laughs> yeah. the generational... No, um, we've made a worse one. Yeah. Or, or as bad. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> We're not here to say not, which is worse. No. That's right, we can agree they're all bad. It's they're all, all bad. All bad. options are bad. But it is a scale. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Jose Arcadio Segundo, the ass man. Okay. His twin brother, Aureliano Segundo, is really into the books of Melchiades. But one thing they have in common is a woman named Petra Cotes, who they both sleep with. But the brothers are so identical that she doesn't notice the difference. I knew it. Uh, I knew yeah. it's going to come up. But one of them smells like ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of them is braying while he's <laughs> making well, love. It's so with Jose Arcadio Segundo, the ass man, yeah. contracts an STD from Petra Cotes and he decides to call it off. He's like, this is weird. I'm sticking to donkeys. I never get this from donkeys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But his twin, Aureliano Segundo, stays with her and they have a magical relationship. Literally. It seems that their sex causes their farm animals to be very fertile and they begin to have the most incredible farm. Wow. And they get really, really, really rich off of it. <laughs> like so rich and the whole town really pro- prospers around them. So they're like, we've got to keep this keep, magic keep sex Keep boning, going. yeah. yeah. Well, um, why do both brothers... 
have farm animal sex lives. Yeah, yeah I, I know. There's something's going on mm-hmm. there. But one brother being like, I don't know, man, but I like it because you get in there and then I've got more donkeys out here. Yeah. <laughs> it is kind of like ass man misunderstood his biological drive to make animals. He's like, sex and animals is in some way combined. Well, sex with animals? <laughs> I'll give it a shot. <laughs> Macondo has a carnival and Bromedios the Beauty is crowned queen of the carnival. That's nice. What does she think happens? <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently her great-grandmother Ursula tries to stop it because she's like, she, I don't think she really understands even what's going on here, but everyone's like, she's so hot! <laughs> she's the queen. But then another woman turns up at the town who'd also won a local beauty competition. I think well, she's okay. sort of... She's like, maybe they've won the equivalent of like uh, Miss Australia and Miss Finland or something. Yeah. Now they're oh, yeah. Miss Universe. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Competing. And her name, the new lady, is Fernanda Del Carpio. Okay. Ooh. And she's escorted by mysterious men who suddenly produce rifles and start shooting into the crowd. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Like to kill? Yes. A few people are killed. Quite a few. And no one is really sure why. It's never explained to us. Maybe she's jealous. Maybe they work for the government that used to be at war with. We don't yeah. know. But they shoot a bunch of people. That's crazy. Yeah, don't look into that. Yeah, yeah. I can't. Well, it does, probably doesn't matter. Well, they're finished shooting now. What's the point? <laughs> yeah, they're not going to yeah. do it again. We signed a peace treaty. We're the safest <laughs> we'll ever be because they're not, they've done shooting. The guns are empty. <laughs> Think. <laughs> if you're shot once, what are the odds it's going to happen Come twice? On. Exactly. <laughs> and Aureliana Segundo, who makes animals fertile when he sleeps with Petrocotes, actually falls in love with this new beautiful woman, oh. Fernanda del Carpio, and he pursues her and marries her. Oh, no. There are so many sibling love triangles. <laughs> There's so many. But do they have the same magical sex? No. Oh, no. They do not. It turns out she's from a family that's a bit of a, a dynasty that's fallen on hard times. Like okay. A Kennedy clan type thing. Sure. And she's quite pious quite uptight, and the married couple clash. Because he's used to having this crazy wild sex. Yeah. yeah. For the Do farm. they make the, the animals the frigid? Well, much to her annoyance, Aureliana Segundo keeps sleeping with Petra Cotes. He's like, how else am I going to get these animals to breed? Yeah. <laughs> Poor Petra. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. She's feeling- or is she just like, no, this is for the farm. For the farm, yeah. we must make love. Got to do yeah. it for the farm. We're fabulously wealthy. <laughs> Fernanda's like, whatever. She moves into the family Bondia home and immediately exerts her influence and starts running the household strictly. Ursula, the matriarch, is still there, but she's now 100 years old. Whoa. She's sort of losing her, her influence on the family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's just quite old, mm. harder to get around. Despite not having a happy marriage, Aureliano Segundo and his new wife, Fernanda del Carpio, have two children, a daughter named Meme. Oh, yeah. And Jose Arcadio. Again, that's confusing. But Ursula, who's his great great grandmother, predicts he'll be Pope. Whoa. So I'll call him Pope Jose. I love that. Pope Jose. Pope Jose. And Meme. Yeah. And Meme. They're the two, the first two children from this couple. The former colonel now spends his days making his goldfishes. Mm hmm. And he said nice. to be—he said to be given an award on the anniversary of the armistice that he signed to end the civil war. Remember, not his proudest moment. He doesn't think that was a good yeah, thing. He, yeah, yeah. He, he regrets it. Yeah. And they're like, "We're going to give you a great medal at this ceremony," and he refuses to go along. He's got no interest. Despite that, his seventeen illegitimate sons from across the land, <laughs> the each se- named Aureliano, the seventeen yeah. Aurelianos, arrive at Macondo to celebrate their father's anniversary. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. They all came together. Yeah. They came. yeah. Even though he's like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> and when the seventeen Aurelianos receive the cross of ashes on their foreheads on Ash Wednesday, mm-hmm. 
They do not wash off, and all 17 brothers keep the marks until their deaths. Whoa. As in they magically don't come off? Yeah, it's a magical. That's okay. cool. I was going to say that's... Just have a bath. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I think it's like the, as hard as you scrub, yeah, it's it, always there. And I'm not uh, super Christian, so I had to look up... In fact, I'm not Christian at all. So I had to look up uh, Ash Wednesday. It marks the start of the Lenten period leading up to Easter when Christians believe Jesus was re- resurrected. The ashes symbolize both death and repentance. I see. During this period, Christians show repentance and mourning for their sins because they believe Christ died for them. So this is sort of a, a re- religious sort of symbolism here. And they've just got that, the cross on their head forever. Mm. Two of the 17 Aureliano stay in Macondo to open an ice factory. Oh, Remember a town nice. of ice as predicted by Papa that's Jose nice. Arcadio decades before this? It's Kind of coming true. Yeah. Oh, but he died. Yeah. He's oh, but he can still check it out maybe. That's yeah, right. he might he's, come back he's, as a he ghost. Is, he is sort of haunting the property. Yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah. He's ghostly. He'd be That's good. I'm glad. I'm glad yeah. to hear that. Also, funded by the outrageously rich from having sex because of the animals, Aureliano Segundo yeah. pays for one of the 17 Aurelianos to build a railroad connection that oh. connects the town of Macondo fully with the the real world really they've they've had the bit over the swamp yeah yeah but it's not enough bit, yeah yeah but now they're fully connected but what will happen to the town now it's connected to the outside it says the innocent yellow train that was to bring so many ambiguities and certainties so many pleasant and unpleasant moments so many changes calamities and feelings of nostalgia to macondo and that is where we're going to leave it the end of part one of 100 years of solitude. What will happen now? 50 years of solitude. Yeah. That's what we've done. <laughs> 50 in. <laughs> how are you feeling so far? Is this making sense? Yeah, it I think I'm, I'm shocked by how across it I... I mean, I, 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 that made me sound more confident than I am. <laughs> but I feel like I know what's going on. You sort on. of get the idea of it. Yeah. yeah. And you kind of don't have to fully know. You sort of just have to get the gist of, of who's who. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. when you're reading it, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, I kind of remember that. And it's only when someone's mentioned you're like, hang on, got to check the, check the yeah. chart. Yeah, check I will the say charts. having the chart in front of me has made me feel oh. like I understand exactly what's going Absolutely. on. Absolutely. Without the chart, we'd be adrift. <laughs> Again, completely. I will put, put it on the social media at Book Cheat Pod. Yeah. If you want to see it. But that's the end of part one. Even though we're not, we're not even, we're only halfway. We usually give the first half a score out of five as okay. we heard it here today. I How reckon, are yeah. Are, are you into it? I'm into it. I, I love it. I love all the weird little magic realism things that are happening. My favorite, I think so far being the blood trail. That's cool yeah, as hell. Down the street, down across the street, the road, going up, the up hill, to the yeah. mom being like, hey, come back. That's, yeah. I think that's awesome. Um, yeah, I'm five out of five out of five. Perfect score. Perfect. Mm. Cass, how are you feeling? I reckon I'm also going to go a five because oh my gosh, every time, cute. every time a dodgy thing happens, it seems like everyone's like, yeah, this is bad. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true. <laughs> I too am going to give it a five out of five. Perfect. Oh my mark. God. Yeah, yeah. That's exciting. But it's only part one. Can it stick the landing? Exactly. That's the question. That's yeah. the question. Maybe it just loses it half two. We don't know. The last 50 years of solitude, eh. Yeah, nothing much. Could have done with some friends, to be honest. <laughs> so, yes, well, uh, until we bring out the next episode in, in a couple of weeks' time, I'm afraid there will be a little little, little gap here, but we can check out many, many more podcasts mm-hmm. from the Sandspence Radio Network. Oh, you certainly can. Yeah, you can if you want. Yeah, you want for it? sure. Yeah, Sans- Sandspantsradio.com. What are some of the ones you guys are currently putting out? Uh, we're I'm putting out Plumbing. Well, I'm not doing it. Sandspants is. I'm part of it. Yeah, 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 <laughs> plumbing the Death Star, Baseless Speculation, Thumb Cramps. Plumbing the Death Star recently made the shift to filming our episodes. So if you search for Plumbing Pod or Plumbing the Death Star on YouTube and what have you, you TikTok, can see TikTok, TikTok and Instagram Reels and I've been YouTube some reels. Shorts. Yeah, baby, yeah. we're there. We're there. You can see our face. 
faces if you want. Um, and then, yeah, plum, uh, base of speculation, thumb cramps, DDs for nerds, and probably a bunch of others. That's me. Love it. And yeah. Cass? Um, shut up a second. Uh, being hot is hard. And yeah, sometimes D&D is mm-hmm. for nerds. Um, we are firmly behind that camera. <laughs> no, as in, no, we're not. We're uh, other... We're not, you don't know what we look like. Is <laughs> <laughs> okay. what I'm trying to say. Um, so you can listen and you can imagine. Let your imagination yeah, run wild. Give me... Yeah. Uh, green hair. I yeah, think. nice. Okay, yeah. I can't. You can pick you the shade. With, I can't picture you with green hair. Well, it's because you've seen me. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. I have. <laughs> I've seen yeah, cats. Damn, it's been spoiled. <laughs> yeah, damn it. <laughs> like when you've seen No Country for Old Men. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's been racked. You can't it's been get that fantastic hair out of your head. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we'll be back all three of us together on part two of One Hundred Years of Solitude in in a couple of weeks' time. Thank you so much for joining me. Like I say. If you want to see the photo of the map at BookCheatPod, and you can also support the podcast on Patreon, uh, it's patreon.com slash dogoonpod, and you're supporting this show, do go on. Who knew it with Matt Stewart, primates? Listen now. And uh, who knows in the future, maybe more. Whoa, that's Ooh. exciting. Maybe more. Maybe. I hope so. Yeah, me too. But um, until next time, thank you so much, BookChooks. And as I always thank say you. here at BookCheat, books forever! Yeah! <laughs> 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 